to sag like a candle held too near the flame. His bulk was huge, and his hands rough, like a laborer's, with a reputation to match. His newspaper empire had been built by breaking strikes as well as careers. It had been as much he as anyone who had broken the career of the man who was, even now, waiting to drive to the palace to relinquish the power and prestige of the office of Prime Minister. "'Miss Quine, Sally, I'm so glad you could come. I've wanted to meet you for a long time.' She knew that to be a lie. Had he wanted to meet her before, he would most certainly have arranged it. Something had happened to make him want to meet her now, and alone. He escorted her into the main room, around which the penthouse apartment was built. Its external walls were fashioned entirely of toughened glass, which offered a magnificent panorama of the Parliament buildings across the Thames. With so much light, the apartment seemed to hover in the air, suspended halfway between street and sky, gazing down upon the politicians and lawmakers on the other side of the river, and so diminishing them to the scale and significance of punctuation marks in one of his editorials, an effect she felt sure was intentional. He ushered her over to an oversized leather sofa, in front of which stood a coffee table laden with trays of piping hot breakfast food. She declined any of the food, but he was not offended. He ate his breakfast in single-minded fashion. He offered little small talk, his attention focused on the eggs rather than on her, and for a while she wondered if he might have decided he'd made a mistake in inviting her. He was already making her feel vulnerable. Eggs finished, he wiped his mouth and pushed his plate away. Sally Quine, born in Dorchester, Massachusetts, aged thirty-two, and a girl who's already made quite a reputation for herself as an opinion pollster. In Boston, too, which is no easy city for a woman amongst all those thick-headed mix. Tell me, why did you leave everything you'd built there and come to England to start all over again? It was the divorce, wasn't it? And the death of the baby? He saw her jaw stiffen, and wondered whether it was the start of a storm of outrage or a move for the door, but he knew there'd be no tears. She wasn't the type. She looked out of the window, ignoring him. Christmas was but a couple of weeks away, yet there was no seasonal cheer in the air. It was a typical December scene for London, wet and dreary, as if the day hadn't properly woken up. Don't expect me to be upset or offended, Mr. Landless. The fact that you have enough money and clout to do your homework doesn't impress me, neither does it flatter me. I'm used to being chatted up by middle-aged businessmen. The insult was intended. She wanted him to know he wasn't going to get away with one-way traffic. You want something from me? I've no idea what, but I'll listen. So long as it's business. You're very direct, Miss Quine. I prefer to cut through it rather than spread it. And I can play your game. She sat back into the sofa and began counting off the carefully manicured fingers of her left hand. Ben Landless, age, well, for your well-known vanity's sake, let's say, not quite menopausal. A rough son of a bitch, who was born to nothing and now controls one of the largest press operations in this country, soon to take over United Newspapers, when the Prime Minister you nominated, backed, 
and got elected virtually single-handed, takes over in a couple of hours' time and waves aside the minor inconvenience of his predecessor's mergers and monopolies policy. You must have been celebrating all night. I'm surprised you had the appetite for breakfast. But you have the reputation of being a man with insatiable appetites. Of all kinds. So, what's on your mind, Ben? A smile played around the publisher's rubbery lips as he contemplated his good fortune and her defiance. But his eyes remained unmoved, watching her closely. There's no deal. I backed him because I thought he was the best man for the job, but there's no private payoff. I shall take my chances, just like all the rest. She suspected that was the second lie of the conversation, but let it pass. Whatever else happens, it's a new era. A change of Prime Minister means fresh challenges and opportunities. That's good news for me and potentially for you.